When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and questions that some guide dogs may find offensive. It's part three. It's part three of the facts. And guide dogs. Three squared. It's cubed. Well, no. Blind cubes. Blind cubes? Yeah, it's like Rubik's cubes for blinds. Blind people can do Rubik's cubes, right? It just means that whatever they screw, it'll always be correct. Or you could get actual tactile ones. Boring. I like the easy victory. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with Tea and Cleaves. Each week, offering up a great perspective on life. And welcome to a brand new episode, at least until the next one's released, of Cecil Podcast, coming from floor 111. A lot of floors. Well, I was going up in like little increments, and then last week you said 95, and it's like, you just jumped up like 60 floors. We did a lot of work in a week. The builders really got on it. Also, they're very small floors. They're only like a... Half a metre wide. It's just a very small tower on top of a, a larger tower. I mean, technically it counts, I suppose. It's like a ladder to a water tower. I mean, water towers aren't really towers, though, are they? What? It's in the name. Yeah, I guess. Next you're going to tell me the Alton Towers isn't towers. Well, there's no towers there, are there? I assume it's like the towers that they get in the little, like, uh, chateau house thing. Goddamn, let's move on. How things? <laughs> so, yeah, things are adequate at the moment. Good. along. Same old, same old. I will have something interesting to say one day. How are you, in any case? I'm all right, mate. Gearing up. To the races. Going to the races, yeah. Well, I'll have been by the time this comes out. Pre-recording this one. Mm. So, just read a story just before recording. Um, it just got me a bit angry. And it was about train company, like National Rail. So, recently, a disabled woman who had pre-booked her train to come back from Liverpool... Got to the station, asked staff for assistance. She was in a wheelchair, an actual wheelchair user. Asked staff it, uh, to help onto the train. It was the last train of the night. They said, yeah, 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 fine. Train rocks up, doors open. 15, 20 seconds later, doors close, train pulls away. They didn't actually radio. Then they said, oh, we'll get you a taxi. Going back to crew, I think it was. And then... After around 20 minutes, they came back and said, no, we're not actually getting you a taxi. You just have to leave. <laughs> the taxi would have been too expensive. That's exactly the point. You know what I mean? And it's like, I know human error happens, but you pay for that consequence. Yeah. She shouldn't have had to be the one to pay for that incompetency. Uh, I think luckily she did manage to get a hotel overnight in Liverpool, but that's not the point. 
No, you should probably be able to claim it back. Complains enough. Yeah, well, the statement from National Rail said that she didn't book ahead, but then I think she tweeted her booking reference like after she had that response, and she had. So it was just a lie. Mm. Basically just trying to get rid of the accountability. But I suppose... Do you know what she could have benefited from? Access cards? An access card. If she'd have turned up, right, with that card that had a little picture of a wheelchair on it, maybe they'll have known then that she was in a wheelchair. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they would have How else would have they known? Yeah, I know. I mean, you need the card to prove everything. Yeah, so it was just a story that pissed me off. I was like, okay, this just, again, shows a double standard. You know what I mean? Like, if she wasn't able to get a hotel, she would have been stranded in Liverpool. And it isn't as though she was like rushing to get the train and then the train doors shut, you know, in the classic fashion. And you're like, oh, no, I'm fucked. She was literally there waiting, but no one came to help. And that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. And then they lied about it. And anyway, I don't think you should have to book. I think it's helpful to companies. I think it's a courtesy if you do. But I think that if you're in a wheelchair, you should be able to rock up to any train station who has a member of staff on duty and they should be trained, willing and able to get you on that train, regardless if you show up without a booking. Yeah, that's fair. So, as we said... On to business. On to the business. Arguably, that was the business. Yes. (laughs) This is the pleasure. And this is the third one, the trilogy. Everyone knows that the third one is always better than the second, but not quite as good as the first. But it's a double trilogy, like we said, so this is our third Guide Dogs-based episode and our first FAQ episode. So, FAQs. <laughs> you know this... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Some people might not know. Who? In the listeners, don't we? I know, but they're also new to the internet. Maybe. So, if you're new to this style, what we do is we go to Google and we type in the first part of a sentence... Usually do with disability or blindness. This week is going to be to do with guide dogs. And then we look at the frequently most asked questions. And then we will answer them in our own seesaw goodness. It's like a sauce that you would never want on your chicken. That's sea sauce. So we'll see what we can bring up. We're going to do it all on guide dogs this week. Let's start off with what do guide dogs. Okay, here's one. What do guide dogs eat? Their own feces. They don't eat their own feces. They eat fuck shit instead. Tasty, <laughs> tasty fuck shit. I mean, my retired guy dog, what doesn't he eat? So he does eat fuck shit. He has been known to eat fuck shit. <laughs> he doesn't exclusively sustain on fuck shit. All right, so that's not what you feed him. No. I think this question should be, what, what do you feed guide dogs? So guide dogs are on really strict diets. So they're not allowed treats and, and goodies outside of... I mean, they always get them anyway. But they're not supposed to have them outside of their meals. But it's generally just your standard dog kibble. All the dogs are different. My dog is on a special expensive food because he's he's a clever boy. There's everything wrong with him. But generally, just guide dogs provide you with the, the wholesaler. They set up an account for you and then... You can pay for it if you want to contribute, or guide dogs will pay for the food. No dice, they're not paying. <laughs> I pay now, but I didn't while while my dog was working. <laughs> you pay later. <laughs> I did pay later. Um, what do guide dogs wear? So this one, I don't think we answered. Nikes. I always thought they're a bit more Adidas or mm. Adidas. 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 Some people call it Adidas. 
Retards do. Well, that's not me. Just your dog. <laughs> Just my dog. <laughs> so guide dogs will wear uh, a harness, which goes across the chest. I think they meant what fashion uh, apparel do they get to wear. Uh, they get a nice collar, a little hat. Uh, it's a they get a little winter coat, like a little fluorescent winter coat. No. Fucking bullshit. Like, I'm not... What about little boots? Little snow boots? I, th- I thought you were getting your dog some snow boots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he wouldn't like them. Puppy boots. Pup boots. Hush puppies. Hey. <laughs> your dog's case, Ugg boots. <laughs> Ugg L-Y boots. <laughs> no, um, I don't like people who dress their dogs up. I think it's a bit stupid. The last photo I saw of your dog, he was wearing a birthday hat. Yeah, but I didn't put that on him, did I? <laughs> I don't know, you might have done. Why would I do that? Didn't I? Celebrate? I was unaware of this, and now that I know, I will strike down my enemies <laughs> using said birthday hat. Wes did it by himself. He, he put his own hat on. Did he? Got, got his paws and strung it around his head. Fair play if he did that. I imagine his paws would have got stuck. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit special, isn't he? So, real answer, are they wear a harness? And it's just a handle on it, so it's just for controlling the dog. Uh, different assistance dogs have different coloured harnesses. Guide dogs in the UK are white with sort of yellow fluorescent on them. And then when they're in training, they have like a blue one. But depending on what dog you have, they have different coloured harnesses. I don't know off the top of my head what the different colours are. A bit ignorant on my part, but I'm a guide dog user, so I only care about my guide dog. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next question? Yeah, sure. Okay, please. you want to read this next one? Yeah, what do guide dogs do when they poop? What they do is they squat down and squeeze real hard. Pretty much what anyone does when they poop. What a stupid question. What do you mean, what do they do when they poop? They might, well, they're not meant to poop in certain places and things like that, are they? Do, you know, do they go and do they give you a nudge and take a walk outside? Mine doesn't. So, here's a question for you. What do guide dogs look like? Like golden retrievers? Or black labradors? Also German Shepherds. Any medium to large sized dog, I suppose. I, I, I don't probably I mean, that would be great. Or a husky. Huskies, no. Huskies are a pain in the arse. Okay. How do guide dogs... Here we go. How know do guide... where to go. There we go. How do they know where to go? Well, they don't. It's actually the owner who tells them where to go. It, it's weird. So they'll... Know the common places. So if you're near like the pub you usually go in, they'll instinctively sort of like pull you towards that. But you ultimately have to be the one to say to them, oh, we're going in there. So you've got to give them the directions. If you don't, they're just idiots and they don't do anything. Well, the next question is how do guide dogs work? So I guess like that. Yeah. Uh, just commands. It's like a point and click. Essentially, yeah. There's a train. So guide dogs, yeah, it's, it's all based on commands. They, as we established in previous episodes, they're not super dogs in the sense of people, what people think they are. They require commands. It's a partnership at the end of the day. Like they don't memorise routes and stuff. Right? Otherwise they'd always go to the butchers or go to the park. So they know where they like to go, but they do need the input. Otherwise they'll just be idiots and just sort of fumble about. I'm guessing they don't also solve crimes in haunted amusement parks. What, with a stoned loner? 
It wasn't until I got older that I realised that Shaggy is a proper stoner, isn't he? He's like... Yep. He looks like one. He's paranoid as fuck. Always hungry. <laughs> I mean, that boy is on pot, like, constantly. But it's not until... I mean, did my parents know? I mean, Scooby's always laughing at inappropriate moments. There's probably some contact high there. I, I don't think there's any contact high at all. I think it's brownies. <laughs> Scooby oh. snacks. Yeah. That's what they... That's what it is, the fucking Scooby Snacks. They were both mad for them, weren't they? <laughs> uh, how do guide dogs poop like anyone else? How do you poop, person who asked this question? How do guide dogs know where to cross the road? Ah, so this one is still kind of the same answer as where they know where to go. You need to tell them when to cross, but a guide dog will not walk you out in front of traffic. Mm. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> Yes, mm, most of them won't. Most of them won't walk you out into traffic. Depends how depressed the guide dog is. That is true. Rather the car than this freak. <laughs> wow, fucking hell. That's dark. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened at some point. Suicide's not a laughing matter, folks. We yeah. at the CSL podcast do not condone it. No, we don't. Especially not dog suicide. Dog aside. <laughs> so, yeah, they... You have to tell them, basically. And they won't let you walk out in front of something, but you have to be the one to make the call. So if you say the word, well, forward is the command, you tell them to go forward. And if they don't move, you know you've made a stupid decision. But then sometimes you do a, I think I was doing it weekly, but you do a laziness test with them. But you wait until you know that a car or a bus is coming and you tell them to go forward. And if they stand up, then you correct them. And you tell them off. Because you know that that was a stupid decision. And they're just being lazy and not paying attention. So I was doing that like once a week. Just to keep my dog on his toes. And to be fair, he didn't do it often. Just maybe once in a while when I knew he hadn't slept well or was quite tired. He would be like, oh no, let's just carry on. It's like, no. I know that that's a truck. Like, you are not going to be walking forwards. Pay attention, you idiot. So, it is a little bit of, like, minutia to it. How do guide dogs get exercise? How do you get exercise? <laughs> I use balloons to size. <laughs> balloons to size. Exclusively with bone-shaped balloons. They get exercise the same way any other dog does. Bicep curls. <laughs> Basic hypertrophy <laughs> training. Nice run machine now and again. My dog I have gotten once on a treadmill and he freaked out. You'd think it's easy just getting to start walking, then very slowly bring it up so he can keep walking. The issue is they don't they can't make it stop. So he just freaked out. It's weird. Take your dogs outside. Um how do they know where to get off the bus? Again, they don't. You have to tell them when you're getting off the bus. How do you know when to get off the bus? Well, Jamie's fucked as we established two episodes ago, <laughs> because Coventry's shit, so <laughs> he needs to count the stops. If you're Nottingham, nine times out of ten, it will read, you, read it out to you. Okay, next to the W words. Why do guide dogs? So, why do guide dogs retire? Anyway, that's the most common reason. They're old, medical reasons, sometimes they're a bit unwell, sometimes they get lazy. Uh, I was going to ask that, actually. Is there anyone where the guide dog's just like, he just he's a bit of a lad and he just, just fucks off, stops, stops doing the work. That's what happened with mine. Didn't apply himself. Yeah, that's that's what happened with mine. Well, he, yours is getting old. 
Yeah, but he started like sacking off his work many years ago. I had to bribe him significantly to keep him going. How much is that as you, though? I was told from the off that he was going to be an early retirement. Like, from an experienced guide dog instructor, they said that he's not one... You know, one of their better ones, and that he was going to... Essentially, once a guide dog figures out that if you don't... If they don't move, you can't physically do anything about it. As soon as they figure that out, generally, that's it. That's game over. You you can try and get some work out of them a little bit here and there. That's what I was doing with weird and wonderful ways. But generally speaking, when they get to that point and they figure that out, that's it. And that's what happened with Wes. Like he just figured out if he sits down and doesn't want to go out because it's raining or he wants to stay home, I can't force him, really. Not with that attitude. No, I'm not going to drag him down the street, am I? Spare the rod, spoil the dog. <laughs> I think God does might have something to say about that practice. Yeah, more rod. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to disagree politely on that one. You'll never get your flogging badge with that attitude. I told you, I'm not, I've am not. i never been in Cub Scouts. I don't know what you do, you sick people. <laughs> but why do guide dogs look so sad? It's just their face. Mm, or their owner. No, because... It's probably because they've been hitting them so much with that rod. <laughs> but really, the guide dog should know that it's down to them because if they did the work in the first place, they wouldn't have to be rotted. So here's a disclaimer, and I don't think I have to (laughs) fucking say this, but I have never struck my guide dog in any way with a rod. Especially not with a rod. Uh, Guide dogs, it's just the way they look. Dogs just look sad sometimes. They haven't got expressive faces, so don't don't read into it. Guide dogs? No. Nah, full of shit, mate. Yours has the sad eyes. Those are just his eyes. Sad eyes. Yeah, but it's just his eyes. Maybe he's inside he's feeling quite sad. He's only one wrong move away from walking into that car, mate. <laughs> Kablamo! God damn it. You're going to be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should say this again. <laughs> In no way do we advocate dog depression and suicide. No, we did not at all. No, my, my dog was always happy working. People were saying, oh, Danny looks With sad. With the right encouragement. <laughs> He was always happy working until the day that he just had had enough. But he was always happy working and people would say he looked miserable. It's like, no, he's fine. Like, really, he's fine. I'm often miserable when I work. Yeah, aren't you? I guess a good one. So I'm going to put two together here because I know that there's another one coming up in a second, but I'm going to just bunch them together. Uh, So first one is, why do guide dogs walk so fast? Well, they're trying to get away from the rods that Cleves has. It's not how fast they walk, it's what they walk into quickly. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> so a guide dog will always walk at the, the owner's pace, and that's one of the parts of the matching process, is getting a dog that walks at the pace that you do. So I won't get a small, slow dog. If I walk really quick, they'll be reserved for like elderly who walk quite slow. So that's a part of the matching process. You need a dog that can keep pace with you because they can't... Oh, hear me out, right? Get some little skateboard shoes for old people and let the dog just wheel them along. I don't think it would work. Well, there's only one way to find out. Old people on skateboards. 
Keep an eye on our YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it does sound pretty good. Yeah. I'd totally watch that video. <laughs> it might have devastating ending. I understand one of the pair of it. Uh, why do guide dogs walk on the left? So this would be the left of the owner. I don't think I've ever seen or heard an exception to this. But guide dogs always walk on the left because the majority of the population are right-handed. So the left hand is where you want the handle of the harness to be. And you could say, oh, yeah, well, they should be diverse and have a couple of right-handed ones. But you never know who's going to be on the list. And you can't have a guide dog sitting around because there's no left-handed people to take the dog that will only work on the right. But why, why is it better for them to be in your left hand if that's not your dominant hand? Because it means your dominant hand is free to do other things. Essentially, all you're doing is you're loosely holding the harness, like the handle, and that feeling like resistance and speed up, turning and that sort of thing through the handle. It's a weird sensation. Like When you first get a guide dog, you usually hold onto the handle quite tight. But as soon as like you sort of relax, you have a really loose grip. Like I used to have like my index finger on the handle. That's all I would have because I want, I feel in the tactile, it's like what's coming through the handle. It wasn't there to restrain the dog or hold the dog in any way. It was just a nice relaxed grip and it's there for sort of like tactile reasons. So in that instance, I want my dominant hand to be free so I can text while I'm walking, which you're not supposed to do, or <laughs> drink a coffee while I'm walking, which you're not supposed to do, or, or any number of the things that I want to do with my right hand. Right hand. Sorry. <laughs> so that's why they work on the left, because you're not going to train them to work on the right for a few people who would have that benefit. And sucks to be them, but it's like one in seven people, isn't it? That's left-handed, something like that. No idea. It's something like that. It's not very common. And one in seven is pretty common. It might be more than that. I don't know. But the the point is, it's not very frequent when you look at the, the how many right-handed people are out there. And if you don't have a match for a dog within a certain time frame, then the dog is useless. Because a right-handed owner isn't going to really get on well with like a left-handed dog. And I know, yeah, left-handed people have to make do with a right-handed dog. I get that. But, you know, they're evil, so they can deal with it. Makes sense. So that's why they just there's no like prejudice in it. It's just literally they chose the left and they've just stuck to the left. That's just how it is. I imagine wheelchairs have like their brakes and certain features on one side more often than not. I think it's just the, the way it's designed. Uh, why do guide dogs cost so much? So when I got my dog, the average cost of raising, training, and maintaining a guide dog without any unforeseen medical expenses was around fifty thousand UK pounds. But you need to think that you they're training them so they've got to pay for their staff. They've got to pay for the food, the vet bills, uh, their breeding centre, because contrary to what a lot of people will tell you, they do not breed for guide dogs. Guide dogs that breed their own dogs. So, yeah, anyone who says that to you is either a very rare exception or a liar. I hear that so often. Oh, I breed for guide dogs. No, you fucking don't. They all come from Limington Spa, the National Breeding Centre, you liar. Yeah. But I digress. So they're very expensive, and guide dogs will pick up the vet bills, which can get astronomically expensive. My dog has 
a giant lump removed from his leg a few years back. I think all in it was around 20 grand for all the treatment for him, which I couldn't have afforded because they wanted the best for him because he's worth it. Okay, last question. Can guide dogs? Can guide dogs go on planes? Yes, they can. But you've got to be sensible to a degree. Like, if a country isn't going to be considerate of an assistance dog, I wouldn't take mine with me. I can't imagine, like, Turkish... Like, the Turkish society is set up for a guide dog. What about Korea? Definitely not. (laughs) So, it... It comes down to whether you, you should more than anything. Even America, I don't think guide dogs are allowed in restaurants and stuff. But who knows? Yeah, we might have something coming up that might answer those questions. But if that's the case, I wouldn't take my dog to America. Even though they'd be absolutely fine with the dog, like, I'm not going to tie it up outside. So again, it's no point. It's called a CNI dog over there. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so yes, they can go on planes. But, again, it, it depends. It depends where where you're going with them. you just got to be sensible. A lot of the time with guide dogs, it's about being sensible. I could take mine on holiday to Cuba, but it's going to be too hot, and he's not going to enjoy it, so I didn't, I'm not going to bother. So, can guide dogs be black? It's the next one. This is Google, by the way. <laughs> this. Don't believe us? Google it yourself. Just yeah. type in guide dogs. Can guide dogs. Yeah. I assume it's it's referencing the Labradors, like golden retrievers and talking about black labs. But it's just a funny wording of it. <laughs> it's not a racial thing. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think the pay is going to be the same regardless. <laughs> I get paid the same amount of biscuits. Fucking stupid. Um, you do get more black laps now, though, right? It used to be like pretty much only golden retrievers, isn't it? I think with black labs, they're very expensive to train because like they got a lot of medical issues, so you've got to be a lot more selective with your breeding usually. Golden retrievers are usually a bit more stable on the whole, so that's why they're more common. Well, I've got a black lab, like a pure black lab, but a lot of them will be mixed with something like a black Labrador retriever and stuff like that. Labrador shepherds. It's very rare that you get a pedigree dog now. Uh, can guide dogs go anywhere? They should be allowed to, but, you know, that's another fucking conversation that we've had previously. In the UK, at least, they should be allowed anywhere. And the law says they're allowed to be. Not always the case, but we won't get into that. A lot of plane-based questions. Oh, a lot of plane-based questions. Uh, Maybe can guide dogs hear electric cars? Can they hear electric cars? I don't know. I don't think I've ever worked my dog around an electric car, to be honest. You must have taken an Uber. Yeah, but he's in the Uber. Did he hear it come in? I don't know. <laughs> I was wasted at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, there was a, a discussion and a poll. I think, actually, Guide Dogs for the Blind did a poll a few years back saying we need electric cars to make a sound so it's better for blind and visually impaired people what should the sound be and my suggestion was the sound of a car yeah because it's what we're used to yeah just make them sound like the that they've got an engine no nah, i just want some guy going 
built his theme to- tune on every car. Yeah. Can you fucking imagine? Your ears would bleed in a few minutes. So what's the last question? Can guide dogs go to the zoo? I'm sure they'd love it. I mean, I love the zoo. Would they not just stand and bark at all the animals? That's the reason I don't take mine, and I've never taken mine to the zoo. Again, it comes down to just being smart about it. You're going to a zoo where either the dog's going to get freaked out and bark at everything, or it's going to be an enticing snack for other animals and rile them up. <laughs> Although, <laughs> mate, they're not going to jump over the side. <laughs> I know they're not. Dog. I mean, they might. Yeah, it depends on how much butter you put on them. Oh, maybe you should take uh, Wes to a safari park. Have him in the back. <laughs> oh, good fucking lord! Can you imagine? Just a lion scratching at your back window. I think I would have to let my insurers know about that before I went. <laughs> so how did this happen, sir? Oh, well, it turns out I, I put an entree in my boot and drove around the safari park. <laughs> I didn't think they'd be bothered. So I think a zoo would be accommodating. I think if I phoned up a zoo and said, I'm going to come, I've got a guide dog, is that okay? I'm pretty sure they'd turn around and say, yeah, that's fine. We'd recommend you. Don't, but if you need to, that's fine. I don't think they'd push back. I just think it would be a... It comes down to, is it sensible to do that? And I would say, probably not. Get that free carer's ticket. Get your access card and get your carer. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't need an access card for a carer ticket. No, you fucking don't. (laughs) And on that, that's all the questions we're going to be doing today. Hope you found this insightful. It was mainly me talking, but Cleves has never had a guide dog, so he doesn't know the answers to these questions. I know the answer to most of them. Rod. Yeah, the rod was your answer <laughs> to a lot of them. That has to be said, but that's not an answer that I would condone. We we don't condone violence, especially dog violence, especially in public. <laughs> I'm going to say at all. Again, <laughs> again, I have never struck my dog. I don't feel like you should have had to say this at the beginning of the episode. I think I might have to put one of my other classic disclaimers at the start of this. Before we start, let me just say I've never hit my dog and then just go into the episode. <laughs> I mean, if that ain't going to scare people off, you know, I don't know what will. Well, your voice doing the disclaimer at the start will scare people off. Is this such a thing as guide dogging? I hope not. <laughs> Basically, this is, this is what this is what's happening, right? For some reason. Oh, please explain. You've got a free carer, right? Right. Um, and you drive up to like a I don't know a local nature reserve. You've got the guide dog in the back. You've got your free carer, and then you being blind, they they kind of you basically just fuck on the bonnet. Huh. Guide dog in. Come into a abandoned spot near you. You know what though. You do get people who are carers and like personal assistants for disabled by trade. I would love to get someone on to say at what point do you draw the line to say I'm not doing that. I mean, probably when they ask you to go guide dogging. Yeah, but what if you're what if you're let's say client who's paying your wage? So like, I want to go see a prostitute on my lunch. Oh, is it mean like a paid carer? Yeah, not just a friend. No, no, no. That'd be interesting. Where's the line there? Because it's not an illegal act. The line is pretty much where you used to live, mate, next door. <laughs> the lines are in the zoo. Good one. Da, 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 da.
Let's <laughs> finish. Let's finish. Let's digress. We could go down a rabbit hole here, and we no longer live where I used to live. So, what you can take from this? Guide dogs, yay! Beating them, nay. Okay. I'll see you next week. See you next week again. Like, subscribe, rate, review, share with your friends. Come on, get people on here. We're actually getting quite good traction at the moment. So, yeah, and don't beat your dogs unless they're doing something bad. Beat Cleaves. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience. Da, 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 da. Fuck you, Axis Scott. <laughs>